To our regular listeners, this is just a quick message to let you know that how to be a success is changing. We're moving from a weekly podcast to a monthly podcast. Same great guests, same length, but released as one episode on the first Tuesday of every month. And I wanted to say a huge thank you for all our listeners around the world, whether you're in Florida, Mexico, Leicester, London, Chile, Mauritius, Canada or Coventry. Thank you so much. Economics in the Spirit presents... How to be a success. Ordinary men living extraordinary lives. The podcast that explores the messy nuts and bolts behind people's success. Now here's your host, S.B. Cole, author of The Good Man, exploring economics and the spirit. We're going to move on to the things I wish I knew section. And I'm going to ask you a question that a friend of yours, Karen Allen, she asked a question at the end of her podcast and I'm going to ask you, if you could be anyone, who would you be? Wow. Is a... Wow. If I could be anyone, right? Right. Let me, let me step out of the spiritual realms. Yeah. I'm going to step out of the spiritual realms now for once. Yeah. Listen. I would be George Foreman, standard. <laughs> Do you know who George Foreman is? He was a driver? <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, George Foreman was a boxer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. do you know what? And Do you know what? I've you know got in my George head, it's Foreman the grill. grill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. George, listen, this guy's got a great story. And you know what? That's all about reputation and name as well, why he got that. But George Foreman, was a, he was a boxer that um, he was hated because he had this famous fight with, with um, Muhammad Ali, yeah, called the Thriller in Manila. No, what the Thriller in the Manila. This was, no, it wasn't that Rumble one. Rumble in the Jungle? The Rumble in the Jungle. There you See, go. See, I know you know, some of it. So the Rumble in the Jungle, famous, and they hated him because everybody loved Muhammad Ali. So everybody knows what happened. Nobody gave Muhammad Ali a chance. Muhammad Ali came with the rope, the dope stuff, beat him, and he had a couple of more fights. And then at the end of one of his fights in the changing room, he nearly died. Yeah, so he, he left boxing. He became a Christian. He became a preacher. He came back something like 20 years after, and he won the boxing title, um, the, the world boxing title. He was the oldest guy at the time to win it. I think it was about 45 years old. And then after that, yeah, there was there was this um they designed this grill, yeah, and with this this grill they wanted they had a few names to get this this um this grill, yeah. And the first name they had was this guy called Hulk Hogan. They wanted Hulk Hogan to have his name on this grill. And they were contacting all these people and they contacted Hulk Hogan first. They phoned him up. And they couldn't get in touch with Hulk Hogan because he went out to pick up his, his grandson at school, his grandson or granddaughter, something like that. And the next person on the list was Mr. George Foreman. And Mr. George Foreman picked up the phone and said, I'll have some of that. And the rest is history. But he has got a fantastic story. I love George Foreman's story. 
So it's not the spiritual, it's not the spiritual art that people might have thought. But I, I love George Foreman. I'm, I love boxing anyway. If you could do anything, what would you do? If I could do anything, um, I'm big on family. And if if there was if if there were some things that I I wished um, when I was younger, going back to that social awareness, I wish that somebody really taught me social awareness when I was a lot younger. I wish I knew a lot about saving money and investing a lot more, um, um, and kind of was able to um, harness my leadership skills at a younger age. Yeah. Um, and so, so I could build more for my families. Um, other cultures, they have things in place. Um, the Jewish culture, they have things in place. They have a bar mitzvah that shows their when their um, their the child turns thirteen, they go into adulthood. Um, I think we need something like that, where we have a rites of passage. Yeah, that we can. Let our young people know that by the time they're 18, they should have certain things in place and it will make life easier for them. That is a fascinating concept. You think about it, um, the Asian community, they have systems in place where they buy houses together, families live together, they build finance, they buy more houses. And what I'm saying is just, you need to start from somewhere. And we need a rites of passage that has got key indicators in life. Put it this way. If a child is five years old, by the time they're five years old, they should have certain things in place. They should have a passport. They should, for, for me, they should be blessed. And then another key indicator is when they're 13, they should have things in place. When they're 16, 17, 18, they should have key things in place. Things like they should be taught money management. They should be taught um, social awareness. You know, they should be taught sex education from how we know it, not how maybe the schools want to throw it on kids, maybe a little bit more in detail from a, um, a family point of view. Powerful. One final, final question. At the beginning, you spoke about a parent that told their child that they're going to have to work twice as hard as a child of another race because they are black. Now, that is some very common advice, okay? I think sometimes it's actually 10 times as hard, you're told. Um, so what would you say to the child instead of that? What I would say, I would say, I wouldn't say much to actual child about that i'll be speaking to the parent because it is about what you're letting your child listen to how you're supporting your child number one and how are you taking your child on the journey because sometimes you have children and they're there and they're going to school and they're coming back and you're hearing negative things about them but what are you actually teaching them are you teaching them things that education starts at home? That's what I believe. And are you teaching them things before they go to school? Because what you do, if you teach them things, 
If you teach them about hygiene, if you teach them about sex education, if you teach them about money management, all these things, whatever they hear in school becomes they have options. You've given them options now. Because if you don't teach them anything, if you don't teach your children anything, when they go to school, that is going to be the first time they heard certain things. So you need to give your children options. Number one, and if you believe, it's, 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 like, it's like my children, number one, what I would do, I'll be praying for my children. I'll be praying for my children that what they're meant to succeed in life, whatever they're meant to achieve in life, they will achieve it. My message won't be to them is that you've got to work twice as hard. My message to myself is that I've got to pray twice as hard. And then my child, I need to teach my child how to pray. Because whatever you do, yeah, in prayer, yeah, in agreement, you can, it can work out for you. So, so your child needs to pray. You need to teach them prayer because all things are possible. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, Mervyn. Bless you for having me on. I am very blessed to have you. That was Mervyn Cato, a truly wise man. Thanks for listening. New episodes are available every Tuesday. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on iTunes as it will help the show to grow. Finally, The Good Man, Exploring Economics and the Spirit, is available on audible.com now. If it's your first book, it's free. Thanks for listening, and stay blessed. Stay blessed.